Well, I've been hex calling again today, folks, with the family across the landscape of Cornwall. My travels took me over to Port Isaacs. Uh, it's a sort of on the north coast of Cornwall and a location for a fairly popular TV series in the UK called Doc Martin. From there, moved northeast along the coast to Tintagel, which is kind of, you know, the legendary, rumoured birthplace of King Arthur. Headed back across a misty and atmospheric Bodmin Moor down winding track and road, finally arriving back at our accommodation. Most appropriate, I feel, for today's theme of wilderness, even if it, well, my hex court was not particularly wild, but it was very picturesque and inspiring nonetheless. Hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit. Following on the theme of collaborative world building, today I've got a reading for you. I've taken it from the 2015 work of Jason Lutz, The Perilous Wild Supplement, designed for Dungeon World, but I believe it's got loads of great stuff that you could use in pretty much any RPG of a sort of typical Dungeons and Dragons type fantasy nature. I do plan on delving into this more in the future, particularly if this episode gets some interest. Before I play the reading and calling from Jason, I would like to welcome BJ, the arcane alienist to the pit crew. He's jumped on Patreon and fired in a pledge there. So, big shout out and many thanks to BJ for his support of the cause. Without any further ado, let's get to the reading. I hope you enjoy it. It's um, it's an example of making a map using the procedures from, as I say, Perilous Wilds. <laughs> I sit down with four of my friends to start a new Dungeon World campaign using the Perilous Wilds rules. The characters are Octavia the Paladin, Frondir the Elf Ranger, Rook the Halfling Thief and Swallows His Fear the Shaman. Step 1. They decide they want to start in a town so someone draws a circle near the middle of the map and names the town Tunglios. I asked them a few questions about the town in lieu of rolling on the steading tables and we learn that there are a silver mine and hot springs nearby and that the town was built on top of a pre-existing system of tunnels. We note these things right on the map. Step 2. Rook is the youngest so he draws a large outline that encloses the town and names it the Favoured Lands. Following suit, Swallows his fear, adds the Icewood. Frondir adds Glacier Bay and Octavia adds Needles Doom to the north. As each region is added, we talk about what kind of terrain defines it. 
Step 3. Being a ranger, Frondir is the most well-travelled, so he is the first to add a place, Citadel, a ruined elven stronghold. A great pit called The Hole, rock spires called Three Fingers, and the halfling fife of Greenhaven are added in turn. Step 4. Swallows his fear, the oldest, adds his home, a hut in the icewood, and an area of red-eyed, crazy wolves, which forced him to leave. Octavia says her home is Tunglius, and that the Academy of Tunglid there is significant to her, because that's where she's finishing her training to become a paladin. Rook adds Nob's Garden, a halfling village that was his former home. Significant because he was ex exiled from it. Finally, Frondir says he has no home, but the scars he carries on his body are the result of an ice bear attack and draws in the known range of the ice bears. Step 5. Each player adds a connector and we end up with a trail to the elven ruins, a road to Nob's Garden, a river draining into Glacier Bay and a road to Jonah's Ford a town on that river that Frondir's player adds out of sequence. Step 6. Rumours and legends are shared. Frondir tells us that the last expedition to the citadel never returned. Swallows his fear claims that an artefact belonging to his people resides at the bottom of the pit. Octavia relates that the Three Fingers are a pilgrimage site, representing the virtues of faith, honour and courage. Rook says that Nob, the beloved ruler of Nob's garden, is actually an evil tyrant. The stage is set. Hey Colin, Jason here. Just want to say thank you for calling out the tactical way the statistics are used to mislead people. Um, obviously statistics and numbers aren't in of themselves a bad thing, but the way they're used in such a misleading way so often is and it's why it's so important that we make sure our kids know how to you know read critically and read actively and, and pay attention and, and recognize these kind of things when they pop up and question when they're reading something or look at something question it and be inquisitive and not just accept things at face value so thank you for pointing that out I've got to say this RPG a day month must be keeping Mr. Connolly busy. My heart goes out to him. He's regularly calling in to all the other anchorites who are putting out episodes in August for this challenge. He's um, having to listen to them, make the call-ins. There's a handful of us doing it now, I guess, but still, it must all add up. And finding time to make call-ins is not always super easy. So, big thanks to you, Jason. Um, hope you enjoy this one, and I hope everybody else enjoys this one. If you've got thoughts on collaborative world-building, or you've, you've tried this stuff out, perhaps call in with your stories. I would say, uh, and I can't remember if I mentioned this, John Large used a similar technique to this for our smoke and snow campaign and i believe you can actually see that process on um youtube 
on Red Dice Diaries under the A Smoke and Snow series. Maybe labelled up as Session Zero, I'm not too sure. And that, as they say, is a wrap. Big thanks goes out to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later.